0: good morning church uh, let's let's bow for prayer quickly Lord we take a few seconds to uh, focus our attention on your word now and uh, we pray for this uh, this uh, next minutes of time that we will spend together uh, hearing your word and um, learning how to apply it to our lives we pray that you would open our minds and our hearts and our, our souls to what you want it to mean to us. Uh, we thank you so much for this word and this time to do such. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, I want to read to you the Christmas story from the Gospel of John. Now, typically, we hear the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke or the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew. Those are the two Gospels that record the birth of Jesus as a man or a baby to start out with. Uh, But the Gospel of John also records the Christmas message in his own way. He starts at the very beginning and then he wraps it up with the glory of the one and only Son of God. This, in John chapter 1, is the promise of Christmas. The Word made flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of God of the Father's one and only Son. Today I want to review three promises that we find in the Word of God. Three promises. Number one, to send the Savior and crush Satan. Number two, to light the way and guide us home. There will no longer be any walking in darkness. And number three, to make us family and give us freedom to adopt us as his children. We will no longer be slaves. In the first few verses of John that I read today, we see that the first promise was given in the beginning, the promise of a second chance. Adam and Eve were the first to reject Jesus when they doubted his character and concern for him. The serpents, the devil, twisted God's word, and Eve became convinced that God was holding out on her when she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom. She thought it would give her. When she and Adam ate that fruit, their eyes were opened. They were enlightened to their sin and shame. But God's pure light was now too much for them to bear. And their minds became full of darkness. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18 tells us, Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. We have also been full of darkness. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. Satan thought that he had won. He caused God's most magnificent creation to fall. I imagine that Satan thought he was pretty slick at that point. And I wonder if Satan was shocked when God didn't destroy Adam and Eve on the spot. Instead, God gave them a promise. That was probably shocking to Satan. Yes, Adam and Eve, they they suffered natural consequences from their sin, like working the ground by the sweat of their brow, pain in childbirth, and problems getting along with each other in marriage, and having mortal bodies. But they were also promised future redemption. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman. This is God speaking. And between your offspring and her offspring, he, meaning Jesus, will strike your head and you will strike his heel. This verse, God speaking to the devil is the first time we see the promise of Jesus put into words. Generations passed. Adam and Eve and their descendants passed away, and their mortal bodies going from dust to dust. Perhaps the story that great-grandpa Adam had told his great-grandkids stopped being passed on in some of their households. But at least one family held on to the tradition and told the story of their heritage and recorded it with the promises of God along with the promises that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and finally to King David through whom the Messiah would come. Jeremiah 23 For the time is coming, says the Lord, When I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line, he will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land, and this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. Today, point number one, we get the promise to send a Savior and crush Satan. We have a historical enemy. Our great ancestors, Adam and Eve, were the first humans to ever encounter this enemy that we call the devil. This enemy is evil beyond our worst nightmare. His desire is to pull every one of us down to his level of misery. He wants us to dwell in hell because that's where he will be. But do not fear because God promised to send a savior that would crush this enemy. The first part of this promise has already happened. God sent our Savior, to us on the first Christmas day when Jesus was born. Ever since then, the battle is on. Now, I don't, have, I don't have many enemies, and as a child, I had even fewer enemies. But one enemy that I can remember specifically is the hornet. I loved to play in junk piles as a child and sometimes I would come across a nest of yellow jackets or hornets or whatever they were and man to a ten-year-old when one of those things flies out and stings you, it makes you angry and scared and altogether all the feelings that you don't like. I just wanted to destroy them and do something but there was no way. Too many hornets flying all around. And I wasn't fast enough to get them all, and so I would retreat. Now go to the house and wait for my dad to get home from work. Because I knew that when he got home from work, he had the ability to crush the enemy, the hornets, right then. And he would get a can of gasoline, and we would go find the hornet's nest, and he would... Throw that gasoline on the hornet's nest and and destroy them, crush them all. There would be some running around on the ground and we could step on them and crush them. Wipe them all out. Take care of the enemy. Listen, our Savior came to this earth to destroy the enemy that we have. And not just the little enemies like hornets or or other people that may be our enemies here, but the one true enemy, the devil. Our Savior came to strengthen us and to lead us to victory because we know that it's only a matter of time until the other half of this promise is complete and Jesus will crush Satan once and for all we have that promise to look forward to when the lord jesus who is our righteousness was born on that first christmas day god also promised that we would no longer walk in darkness isaiah chapter 1 isaiah chapter 9 verse 1 nevertheless that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoiced at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Folks, God is serious about his promises. His passionate commitment means that he will keep his promises, and Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. In the ninth verse of John, he says, The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And in verse 14, says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory The glory of the Father's one and only Son. Verses 4 and 5. The Word gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. The light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Our second point of today. The light. To light the way and guide us home. This is... A promise of God to light the way. Having lights on a car at night is life or death. Now maybe you can get away with it. If you're driving in town, have you ever done that? Been somewhere in town and hop in your car and start driving and then Uh, you don't even notice that people are flashing your lights and you're wondering, why are they flashing their lights? Until you get outside of town and there's no more street lights and you realize your headlights weren't on. You get out on the highway where there's no lights around you, the headlights in your car are absolutely necessary. If you don't have them on, going fast is impossible. Uh, Preventing running off the road is is impossible. Now we don't have to live a life in darkness like that. We don't have to live a life of hopelessness because God has lit our way with Jesus just as He promised He would do. The other part of this promise of God lighting our way is that Jesus will guide us home. We still live in a fallen world. Even though we have Jesus as our light, and we have him as our Savior, we live in this world, and I don't have to remind you that it is a fallen world, but if we keep following the light of Jesus, then he will lead us home where we're supposed to be. He us home to the place that we were made for. That is heaven. And that's a promise. If you follow the light of Jesus, you will get to your home in heaven. And that's super exciting. And that's why Paul tells us to, he calls us to live as people of light, to be shepherds. How cool is the idea of being a shepherd? Shepherdly. Last night at the parade, we had a live nativity, and in the live nativity, the, the, the buildings brought a cow and, and a goat and, and my favorite, a sheep, and the sheep was, was, it was small, about half grown, and it was round, and um, when it came time to go home after the parade was over, <clears throat> the sheep uh, the cow and the goat were led to the trailer and then the sheep had his harness put on and he didn't want to go home because he didn't know he was going home and and they pulled him and he was jumping around and, and uh, I wanted to help out but I didn't know and I'm not a jealous person but Kevin Beebe just grabbed the sheep up and I wanted to grab the sheep up because if you've ever put your fingers in the wool of a sheep, it's just... I love the feeling of sheep's wool. And I wanted to pick up the sheep and carry him. I, I like to be a shepherd. I wanted to pretend to be a shepherd for that. And I don't know if Kevin got to do it, not me. I didn't know if the sheep wanted to be picked up. <laughs> Kevin didn't care, and I'm jealous. But he got to pick up the sheep, and the sheep didn't know that he was going home. Sometimes we meet people in life that don't know that they... Uh, need to go a certain way to get home. They don't even know where home is. And sometimes we can tell them about the Word of God, that we were made for heaven, but they don't understand where home is. They don't understand where they're going if they're not going home. Sometimes you know, we have to pull them on the leash, maybe uh, pick them up, carry them like shepherds. God has given us a second chance. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 through 9. For once you're full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. We have this light. We should share it with others. God has provided each of us with a second chance, an opportunity for redemption. He has given us His Word, capital W, Word, His Jesus, to save us, just as He promised He would. If we accept His Son and do not reject Him, then His promise is to adopt us as his children. John chapter 1, verse 10 through 13, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Children of God. Our third promise for today is to make us family and give us freedom. Now, I, I am very happy and content To be the child of Randy and Carrie. That pleases me very much. I can't imagine growing up in any other home under any other parents. and Maybe you feel that way about your parents. Maybe not. But no matter who you are or who your parents are or how you feel about them, you can be ecstatic. Estatic means overwhelmed with happiness and joy. You can be ecstatic that you are a child of God because it gives us freedom. Freedom. The first part of this promise is that you believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, you are a child of God. And the second part is that it gives us freedom. Freedom from what? Well, freedom from the law. No, I'm not talking about the, the civil law, laws that we have to follow every day on the road and in the community. I'm talking about the law of the old covenant, 613 old covenant laws that had to be followed perfectly. And if you didn't follow them perfectly, you had to follow a protocol of how to cleanse yourself and offer animal and grain sacrifices and do it just in a certain way so that you could perhaps be forgiven of the law that you didn't follow. We're free from all that because we are His children. We are free from hopelessness because we have seen the light of Jesus. 2,000 years or more, people have been celebrating the light of Christ because it gives us freedom from hopelessness. And another thing, Dad, Jesus gives us the freedom from the fear of death. No longer is death something that we dread, or have to dread, something that we have to uh, mourn over because it's only the doorway. It takes us to our eternal, perfect home that he's prepared for us. And Jesus gives us the ultimate freedom from everything evil. The other half of this promise is not only the freedom from uh, the old covenant and freedom um, from hopelessness, but freedom from everything, complete freedom from everything evil, everything bad, some glad day. Someday, when the judgment day comes, when our time on earth is over, then we will be free from all of the mess, from anything negative whatsoever. It will be a glorious day. And we are promised that freedom. So let me review today these three promises from the first chapter of John. When God became incarnate, That means when he became a person here on earth, he fulfilled his promise to send a Savior so we can trust that he will also soon crush Satan. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. And number two, Psalm 119, 105 says... Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So, we can trust that Jesus will guide us home to the Father. We get guidance from Him. He lights the path. And number three, God promised to break the yoke of slavery, setting us free to make us His children. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only only as a human being could He die, and only by dying could He break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could He set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. My brothers and sisters, there is no reason to fear this day and age. As a matter of fact, ever since our Savior came to earth and lived his life here, there has been no reason for us to fear anything, and for sure not death. We have these promises to hold tight to because Jesus was made flesh so that he might live that perfect life that we couldn't live. And so he might die a death that was because of our sin, and so that he might be raised to new life, so that we also could be raised to new life. And that should make us ecstatic, overwhelmed with joy and happiness. Will you pray with me today? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much Uh, That you gave your life for us. That even though you didn't have to, you came to the earth because you loved us. And you died on the cross because you loved us. And my favorite part, Lord, that you rose up from the grave and destroyed death. You crushed the evil one. The victory is yours, Jesus. Lord, we understand that the scriptures say the victory is ours as well when we put our faith in you. Lord, I pray over this congregation right now that everyone here will accept the victory place our allegiance with you, Lord Jesus. And we focus on you this season of Christmas, of your birth. In your name we pray.